Now it was another dusty but thrilling ride back to the village. Ravi wanted me to ride with him, but Naveen still refused. The day was starting to warm up to Indian temperatures in April, that is, 95 degrees, and it was nice to be moving through the air again. I was happy to be outside of Delhi's urban sprawl and to be surrounded by farmlands. Just before we arrived at the village, Naveen motioned for us to stop at a home along the way. I didn't know where we were going, but I followed the leader. We parked the motorcycle and dusted off our jeans. Entering a compound, we found an older man sitting on a chair in a covered patio. I noticed that as the guys greeted the man, they touched what appeared to be his lower leg. I hadn't seen or read anything about this custom, but I assumed it was a sign of respect for this older gentleman. It reminded me of the bowing rituals in other Asian societies. I wondered if the tradition had been to kiss or touch his feet, but more recently it had become acceptable to touch just above the feet. I was introduced to this older man and offered a chair. A few kids came out of the house and became curious about me. They stayed in the background as we adults sat. The group chatted in Hindi with the gentleman, and again I tried to look interested, but really I was just taking in the surroundings and enjoying sitting in the shade. Moments later, a woman came out with a tray of tea and some store-bought cookies or biscuits, as they're called in the United Kingdom's Commonwealth of Nations. I took a biscuit and then the glass of chai, which by now I had learned was more milk than tea. Generally, I don't eat junk food, and so far I was eating all the food that I would never have eaten normally. But there was no way of refusing. How would I explain the diet wars I had been bombarded with back home? Refuse gluten in the land of chapati? Because I couldn't explain myself to anyone who knew enough English to understand, I graciously accepted what was offered to me. Perhaps there was a lesson in there for me to relax a bit on my food choices. The piping hot chai was served in glasses, and I had learned to hold the top of the glass because the glasses were too warm. I enjoyed the milky sweetness and taste of ginger in the tea. It was nice to be in the shade and to get a time out from the focus being on me. Well, their discussions must have been finished as Naveen looked to me and asked, Peter, we will go now? I nodded, slowly stood up, shook the host's hand, and thanked him both in English and Hindi. I waved to his wife as we left. We got back on the motorcycles and drove just a bit further into the village. Next up was Naveen's house. His mother held a hose and was squirting the dust and dirt off her cow with water. The cow seemed to be enjoying the attention. We went up some stairs to a bedroom that he shared with his two brothers. We sat. I enjoyed being out of the sun and not being on display in front of strangers. I enjoyed meeting their family and neighbors, but it required effort from which I needed a little break. I looked around his room, sparse walls that needed to be painted, a small old black and white television that was at the foot of the beds. I noticed a large picture of Hanuman on the wall, the monkey god who helped defeat the demon king Ravana. I remembered learning about him in our school assembly about the Indian holiday called Dushera. I pointed to it, and Dhruv told me who it was. I later learned that this was their favorite god, or at least the god they prayed to. Hanuman was a devotee of Lord Rama, who was one of many avatars or incarnations of Lord Vishnu, one of the supreme gods of Hinduism. I read later that the cousin's ancestors were originally from the Afghan region, and they were brought over and groomed to be the protectors of the Indian rulers of that time. Theirs is a caste of fighters and protectors, just like the monkey god. I realized that it would make sense that the god they chose to worship was Hanuman. 
As the Raj era is long gone, today this cast produces India's best-known wrestlers. Before long, we were brought some chai, this time more cardamom fragrant, in small steaming glasses. Again, I held the glass from the top as the middle was piping hot. I was starting to get hungry, but the fresh cow's milk in this tea began to satiate my hunger. I wondered how typical it was to skip lunch. These cousins, and most of the village, were not the heavyset people whom I had often seen in the wealthy classes of Delhi. Perhaps they only ate two meals a day. I was learning that milky chai was one way to hold you over until dinner.